Welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast with your host, Olivier D. This is Awaken the Awesome, a podcast where we acknowledge that we are all in this together. Through enlightening conversations and personal insights, we like to engage with individuals just like you who show us how they are bringing a little bit of awesomeness along their individual journeys. Our hope is to inspire you to always keep pushing and to stay awesome along the way. It's been a long time, Awesome Tribe, and I hope you will forgive this necessary hiatus as I've had to handle some personal matters and take some needed time off the radar. Excited to be back in the lab with you, ready to bring you yet another powerful conversation with another awesome guest. With a noticeably infectious energy and an explosive appetite to connect with his fellow human being, I could not help but just love Robert Wise since our first conversation. Robert is one of those chaps that is so full of genuine love, care, and empathy, you just can't help it but just be humbled and ready to reciprocate. Robert is the founder and president of Robert Wise Coaching. As a high-performing sales and mentor coach, specializing in executive coaching, team coaching, sales training, and company wellness workshops, he helps businesses, no matter how big or small, figure out the shortcomings of their current process and create pragmatic action plans to help them achieve their goals. As a fellow podcaster, author, and motivational speaker, this guy is such a gem of a human being, it's mind-boggling. His passion for listening, opening up his heart and expertise to create the necessary space for just being a helping hand and a welcome ear to listen is a powerful testament to his generosity. He is also the founder of the Rise Anxiety and Depression Clinic, where he and his diverse network of psychologists, psychotherapists, social workers, and certified coaches provide help for anxiety, stress, depression, and so much more. On this episode, we touch on vulnerability, admitting and acknowledging our fears, connecting with our inner child, and a fun exchange between two avid fans of Archie Comics. So let's get into this. Awaken the Awesome, episode 157 with Robert Wise. Here we go. Rob, it is a pleasure and a thrill uh, to reconnect with you, my friend. Uh, first of all, because I had so much fun, first of all, with our initial call, just before I got on to the Wise Way to Success uh, episode as well on men and mental health, because you were so earnest in inviting me on and so generous of your time and energy, uh, because I truly believe into your wonderful, wonderful mission and this message of truth, uh, this message of courage and this message of service uh, that you keep uh, bringing out into the world. And uh, it takes people like you to actually ask the very important questions that go down to the core of the human spirit. And I had a lot of fun in that episode, just hoping that it helped a lot of people. And I want to thank you for opening up your platform and welcoming me. I know I've said thank you before, but I am thanking you again on your platform and my own. And uh, with everything and all the good and all tr tremendous work and tremendous and empowering content you're putting out, I just want to say thank you and acknowledge you. And of course, with all the genuine, genuine uh, excitement to have you on the Awaken the Awesome podcast, Rob, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me on tonight. Rob, I am going to throw this one in because you know what? I enjoy just the kookiness of the question because sometimes, you know, I just have to ask it out there. If I tell you, if I ask you the question, because I want to know, when did Archie Comics come into your life? Do you remember your first issue? I do remember my first issue. What a great icebreaker question. I remember my, my first issue and um, there's something very special about it. Um, my first issue was given to me by my grandfather. Um, and I, it was at one of those like Tabaji Saba types of uh, um, types of uh, places where they sold like tobacco and newspapers. And they had this like, you know, the one that whines and he's like, what do you want? I'm like, um, I don't know. He goes, well, pick a comic. 
So I went to through, I went and I'm like, oh, I like the way it looked. So I, I picked the comic with Archie, Betty, and Veronica on the cover. And um, it was a little digest and it was, it, it didn't stop from there. Loved it. Loved Archie, Betty, and Veronica and just couldn't stop. Why do we connect uh, so much with such, you know, because it looks so innocent and so clean because Riverdale uh, for the guys, for people who don't know, because again, we're just being comic booky right now, but hey, you know, Archie fan with Archie fan. But what do you think made that comic book so earnest and so give so much attachment? Because I got it because I'm from Haiti, right? And I was reading yeah, Archie yeah. in Haiti. So yeah. every time I read it, I'm just like so clean and so hopeful and so, so, so proud. And you always had fun and you saw yourself in those characters. But I'm not sure if you got that feeling as well. I did. I got... um you know, I, I spoke to, you know, one of my first podcasts I did, I actually interviewed uh, Dan Parent, one of the big artists yeah. from comics. Him and Dan DiCarlo were like my two go-to people in terms of when I think of Archie, I think of Dan DiCarlo, Dan Parent, and then when I think of those those really uh, gorgeous covers from the 90s, I think Rex W. Lindsay, who made some beautiful covers as well. Um, but Dan said it best. There's something that feels comforting and safe about these people, almost like you could do you could escape into their world. And who doesn't want to be a guy that has two girls chasing after him? Um, <laughs> so there's something about that, like wow. And he's a, and he's a normal looking guy. It's not like he's just like you know he's a relatable guy. He's a goofy guy. Yet these two girls are crazy about him. I think it's a fantasy of that. Plus he has a best friend. Um, he's messing up in school, but yet he's a good guy. And I think we could all see ourselves in one of these characters, whether it's Archie, whether it's Betty, whether it's Veronica, whether it's Jughead or Reggie, uh, you could see yourself in these characters and you can go to a place called Riverdale. And when I say go to a place called Riverdale, it's not Riverdale on the CW. CW, please, please. That's no. not Riverdale. No. That's, that's not Riverdale. But Riverdale is like a safe place where... You know, I'm also like, I'm going to start singing the song from Cheers, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody knows your name. Um, it's a safe place. It's a place we all want to go to. And I don't know if you relate to this, Olivier, but I loved them during camp when I would, be, I would go to sleepaway camp. Mm -hmm. And there was something really comforting about reading an Archie comic in sleepaway camp, away from my parents, away from everybody, but having Archie, Betty, and Veronica with me. There's something just so safe about that in my bunk, having them with me. I associate them with comfort, with with childhood, with innocence. And I associate them also, I'm a collector. So I associate them with like uh, collecting them and, and taking care of them and picking the best condition. So for me, Archie's so special. Didn't think we were going to bring it up, but I will always have a special place for Archie in my heart. Um, although I don't collect them anymore and I have absolutely no interest in them anymore because of the way they, they shifted. Mm -hmm. um, Archie will always be, um, oh, I, if we had a camera, I'd have to show you. I have a, I have a painting in my office. Of <laughs> um, I, I, there always going to be a place in my in my heart for them, and, and I think they're. Right. You know why that matters so much? Because I want people to actually own up to the fact that you know what, it's okay to be goofy. It's okay mm -hmm. to actually own what makes you you because why i asked that question rob because again i go back to our first conversation because i felt that kinship i felt someone who actually understood my goofiness about my love for the original archie comics you know why because whether it's collecting stamps whether it's collecting comics whether it's music whether it's bungee jumping at the core there are these little things that we buy into that makes us us and so much because we want to conform to the world because we right. want to make ourselves feel common and like you know not ruffle feathers or just like you know just accommodate everybody else 
we lose ourselves in the process. And you're very big about authenticity and speaking our truth. And those are the dangers of always, you know, just complying to everybody else's comfort. Mm -hmm. Olivier, you know, I really appreciate that you, that you started with the Archie comic um, as, as your segue here. I'd like to bring this into a really fascinating uh, discussion point in which I brought Dan Parent onto my show, uh, my podcast, um, and I do a mental health podcast. And people are like, well, why do you want to bring Dan Parent to an Archie, an Archie artist to your mental health podcast? And I said it was to honor my inner child because my inner child is the reason I am who I am. And yes, I'm doing a mental health podcast. I'm helping people, but Archie Comics helped me and helped my child inside me. And I want to honor that child. So I did it for him. I did it for our inner child. And you said about embracing the goofiness and let's embrace our inner child. Let's embrace the things about us that, you know, just because we grow up doesn't mean we don't have those goofy quirks or doesn't mean that we don't get excited when we see, you know, an ice cream cone with sprinkles. We still have that inner child. And I, w- I just want the same way I wanted to bring this to is let's make sure we're honoring. And I use that word very strongly. Mm-hmm. We're honoring our inner child. I had a person who was um, assaulted. She engaged in acts that she feels guilty about. And mm-hmm. she said to me, um, I want that child dead. And I said to her, no, let that child sleep in peace, but do not kill that child. That child's still part of you. And I remember when she said, I want that child dead. I said, no. No, 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 let that child sleep in peace, but do not wish that child death. That child is part of you. And yes, that child might've made decisions and they might've done things that you are ashamed of, but that is their journey and they don't deserve to be shamed for that or hated for that. They need to be loved and respected and honored and comforted. And I mean that with all my heart, honor your inner child. And I want to thank you for starting this conversation by acknowledging my inner child by bringing up Archie Comics, because that's what you did. It's important. Modern eight-year-old. Thank you. I was eight years old, by the way. I don't think you asked me how old I was. I was eight. <laughs> eight years old. It was the 80s. It was the good old 80s. The good old 80s. The good old 80s. My, I, Because I, I see that because you know what? Because of the conversation we had, I'm like, this is somebody who gets it. And there's a special, there because you showed me your collection and we talked mm-hmm. about, you know, just random Archie info. I'm like, see, that's mm-hmm. someone who has a very deep connection with okay. you know the very essential core things because just at myself i can look back at my own bedroom in my in my in my childhood childhood bedroom in haiti my mom knows for a fact throughout my clothes throughout old school books do not touch my archies <laughs> I, I wanted to it's it's so interesting because i also had the archie like they had these like collectible dolls which you could see if you watch my show they're on the table mm-hmm. um and i i they meant so much to me when i got them they were like, I, I remember my dad was like, okay, you were good in school. You're going to get this one. Okay, you were good. Now you'll get this one. I had to like get good grades or do work to get these, these dolls. They were expensive. And they meant so much to me then. And I was looking at them. I was cleaning my home and I was like, oh, I just, you know, I could just throw them out. And I couldn't throw them out because of how much they meant to me. There you and go. How hard I worked for them when I was a child, yet People think, oh, well, I'm not a child anymore. They don't mean anything to me anymore. I'm going to throw it out. And I'm like, that's part of your journey. You're part of your, 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 
your life. And I think that we need to respect our inner you can't, child. You can't write the story of your life if you take that out. So with so many events in your life, you know, good or bad, you know, it's part of the tapestry that makes you, you. And so much we don't want to look in the mirror. We don't want to look over our shoulder. But guess what? You need to own everything that makes you you a nice little pivot as well because you know again you know because you know you're my buddy and i just like you like to research a little bit i listen to a lot of your episodes and i did not know this tell me about your elevator phobia because i was like i've heard of that but i've never actually met someone who dealt with that and i'm really wondering like okay how in the world does that feel that's a real thing i don't have any much real thing it's a very scary thing so for those who are struggling with uh, elevator phobia um I would say, do I still have it? I was actually having this conversation with a client recently. Yes, I do. I do still have it, but for very specific elevators. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with the ones like that the elevator, they are crates and they uh, they go down, mm-hmm. like they're crates. And mm-hmm. then they go down, they go down and they go to the side. They're usually yes. to like, okay, I won't still go on those. I still okay. will not do that. I will also not go to elevators with old sketchy buildings in mm-hmm. which like they close and I don't know if they're going to open again. Mm-hmm. So that... Those two things I'm not over, but I'm pretty much over my elevator phobia in terms of like, I will go into an elevator even without my phone. I will go to the 20th floor, but I was so bad that I would have to go with people. I would, um, I would leave when they would get out, even if that wasn't my floor and walk mm-hmm. the rest. Uh, I was terrified that the elevator was going to close and never open again. So that was my phobia. That, that is the elevator phobia in the the fear because anxiety and phobias are based on fear that if I go into this elevator, the door is closed. They're not going to open. I will die in this elevator, which is catastrophizing and no one will ever find me or know where my body is. So I don't want to be alone in that elevator for that reason. So that was such a scary thought for me that what anxious people do, they avoid the things that make them anxious I started to avoid elevators. And yes, um, phobias do usually stem from trauma. Mm -hmm. They do. Not all the time, but they usually do. So people who have a vomit phobia or a highly phobia or like uh, lots of different types of phobias, it's usually because they saw someone with it. They had an experience with it. Phobias are usually triggers for things that have happened. Mm -hmm. So I have not, not gotten stuck in an elevator, but... I um, I was once with my grandfather and we were in his elevator in a very old building and the elevator, it was just me and him. There was no cell phones in the, at this time. It was in the nineties and it got like, it, it was slow and it was jaggering and it, and, and he was starting to, and it didn't, it didn't really open and he was kicking it. I was like, Oh my God, who's going to know that we're here? No one's going to know that we're here. And it's such an old elevator and no one's in this. I just started to have such a, a panic attack about the fact that this elevator would not open again then it opened that i just at that point was like oh no 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 elevators are not safe i don't want to go in them they can get me stuck this is not good my brain says danger what do you do when you see danger you avoid it so i stopped going into elevators alone um or, or try to avoid them as much as possible so wow really- see the yeah, power the power of this stuff because i'm just literally hearing you and i can understand that these are actual thoughts that are going through your mind in rapid fire and i'm just yeah. like if i were a stenographer trying to write all that down i'd be i'd have written a novel by now because you're going through all these thoughts that is jarring and what does that say about the power of the thoughts that we construct in our mind and how limiting debilitating it can be on our lives on the people that we care about robert mm-hmm. that's heavy 
it's very heavy. And we, the problem with anxiety and fear is that we believe our thoughts to be real. So I get a warning signal. Something says to me, Rob, that elevator is going to get you stuck. You're going to die in that elevator. So what do I do? Oh, okay. I'm going to avoid that elevator. I'm going to stay away from it. So it's so important to recognize that our thoughts are not necessarily real and they're not necessarily there to protect you. They could just be there to scare you. And unless you have a real, real, real danger in front of you, there's no reason to be scared about something. Um, so the elevator phobia I got rid of because I came, um, I went to, and a lot, some people don't know this. I went on a spiritual retreat two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're in the world of business for a very long time, you're with a lot, it's, it's very jarring and you want people's approval and you're trying to sell and you're trying to get people to like you and they want to get them to want to buy from you and for sure praise you. And when you get rejection or you get negative feedback, you kind of take it like something is wrong with you or you're, you know, you're not good enough. And I said, I need a break. I need a break. So I took myself on a retreat for a week and the retreat was a weird retreat. I wouldn't do it again, but one of the conditions of this retreat was you're not allowed to use your phone. Of course, you're not allowed to have coffee and you're not allowed to do this and you need to pray and meditate and, you know, do all these things. And at one point I remember because they, they, it was very little food. And I remember having chocolate chip cookies up in my room. I was staying at a very beautiful hotel and everything was in this room at the, at the ground floor mm-hmm. all day. And I remember in my room having a, a, um, a container of those really good chocolate chip cookies, like the ones that are like chewy and like just really good. And we were being deprived for so long. And I remember... They gave us like some warm soup, a little piece of fish, a little bit of rice. And I'm like, oh, I have these cookies up in my room. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. So I leave the, the, the retreat to look like I'm going to the bathroom. And I went to the, the elevator to go to the 11th floor to get my cookies. And I didn't have my phone. And it was like a random spot, the elevator. It wasn't like the main elevator. It was like on a side Mm-hmm. I open it up and I have the thought, oh shit, I don't have my phone. I'm like, okay, you know, it's okay. It's okay. I go into the elevator, the door is closed. I press 11 and I'm thinking, oh, I can't wait for those cookies. I go to my, my, my room, open up my door, eat those cookies, look outside, see the beautiful ocean. Ah, oh, so nice. Oh, oh, these cookies are so good. Eat the cookies, go close the door, go back to the elevator, go the way down, go back to the room. And I realized something at that point, Olivier. I realized I wanted my freedom more than I wanted the fear. My mind told me it's okay. You want those cookies instead of saying, don't go, you're going to get stuck. So our brain is so powerful that it could scare you into doing something or excite you into doing something, but you passed your fear. We have the power. I wanted those cookies. Now I have a line I ask my clients all the time. What do you want more? Do you want fear or do you want freedom? What do you want more? And my clients look at me and they say to me, freedom, because they think that's the answer I want to hear. But actually, it is the right answer, not because I want to hear it, because when I say, what do you want more, control or freedom, control is an illusion. So what you'll be wanting more is something you can't even have, because control is an illusion. So it's an illusion of control. If I don't go in the elevator, I won't get stuck. That's not control. I'm actually being controlled. 
controlled. I'm being controlled. I'm not in control. I'm being controlled. So what do you want more? Isn't that interesting? So what do you want more? Your freedom or control? False control. So don't look at me. People look at me like, okay, freedom. Don't look at me like you're telling me the answer I want to hear. That's the answer you need. It's the truth. You need your freedom more. I wanted those cookies more than I wanted to be scared. And I'm proud of myself. I'm grateful that I chose my cookies, even though I wasn't supposed to have them off the record. But I, <laughs> I am grateful that I took them over my fear of elevators. And what an interesting segue, because yes, I had an elevator phobia probably up to like two years ago. I still played with the fear of elevators, but that mm, exit for me. That was what did it. It was like, boom, it's over. It's gone. It's done. I was doing well before that, but that just broke it for me. So I don't have an elevator phobia anymore, but I really did have one. So proud of you. It was really bad. You know, because, you know, it really goes in line with, you know, something that you said, basically I'm putting in as a quote and Mm -hmm. I just loved it. It's probably going to be the show title. Uh, The way out is the way through. It is. There's no avoiding. You just have to face it. Got to go through it. Go through the fear. Go through, go the, fear. through the fear. You go through it, then you, you've done it. You've gone through it. It's kind of like, I, it's like, you know, um, a bully that says to you, um, and they scare you, give me $5 or I'll beat you up. And you're like, okay, I'll give you the $5. I'll give you the $5. And then they come back for more, right? Not just $5. It's like, oh, give me 10. Okay, I'll give you the 10. I want to get beat up. There needs to come a point where you're like, you know what? Beat me up. Beat me up. Do it. The way out is the way through. If you're going to be complicit with your fear, it's not going to get better. The way out is through the fear. You got to face the fear. You want to beat me up? Then you're going to beat me up because I'm not going to give you that $5. Not because I can't afford the $5, it's because I can't afford to lose my freedom. It comes with a cost. It's your freedom. It's a big cost. Fear has a cost. Freedom. Freedom. You're not free when you're scared. And you're not happy when you're scared. What is happiness? Peace of mind. What is fear? Panic, worry, concern. You are not free when you're scared. And you're not happy when you're scared. I never met a, I never met a happy, scared person in my life. <laughs> it's true. Life. Huh? It's true. Never. It's true. I actually never, I never happy victim in my life either. Oh, I'm so miserable, but I'm so happy. Everyone puts me down, but I'm so happy. My life, every, every, my life is always going to shit, but... God, I mean, victims wow. aren't happy. Scared people aren't happy. We're not happy when we're scared. We're not happy when we're, when we're, when we're angry. We're not happy when we feel like we're victimized. We're just not. I appreciate it. I appreciate it because you know what I enjoy? Just always talking to you. You speak with so much passion, but also fierce intensity in regards to how you bring forth your heart and your care and your willingness to help and to serve, which is something you actually end with all of your episodes with. I am here to serve you. I'm here to help you. And it's kind of a cliche question, Rob, but really to the core, why do you care so much? Because a lot of people just say like, hey, how can I help? You know, I'm here. If you you need me, just call, right? But you know, it's the nice thing to say. But from you, I know those words carry a lot of weight. Why why. do you care so much? Tell you why I had a client yesterday and she has OCD and she's not allowed to eat this and she's not allowed to touch that and she's not allowed to step on this and she's not allowed to step on that. And I said, it's enough. You are being bullied. You are being bullied by yourself not to do this, not to do this, not to do that, not to do that. 
Do you want what happened to me to happen to you? I was 16 years old and my thoughts were so overpowering what I can't do, what I cannot do, what I can't do this, I can't do that, that I wanted to die. Why do I care so much? Because I suffered, because I understand and I honor my 16 year old self. And I say to people now, I go, I don't get it because I don't have OCD anymore, but it's okay. My 16 year old self gets you really well and wants you to stop. And she she says, well, what do I do? I'm scared this is going to poison me, Uh, blah, blah, blah. I said, then you got to do it. Because what is hurting you more is the fear, not what it actually is. It's not that she looks at something and goes, oh, well, I don't know what to do. My my thoughts are telling me if I eat this, I'm going to get sick. If I do this, I go, then you got to do it. I broke someone had a vomit phobia. Two sessions with me, probably less than that. But two sessions with me, it was gone. It was gone because she was like, oh, I... I'm so scared about throwing up in front of people. I go, why? Why? Why are you so scared to throw up in front of people? Who cares? Why do you care about throwing up? You don't feel good. You throw up. Why are you scared? Why are you making yourself sick over throwing up in front of people? I am on a mission to get people not to, to live the way I lived, which is living in a state of fear, chaos, and panic that got me locked up. Locked up for months and like, like outpatient for years got me also, people don't know this, but I'll share it with you. It also got me in a special school where the kids in my class were in wheelchairs. They had disabilities. They, some of them were blind. Some of them died in my class because I was pegged as something's wrong with you. Cause I came from a hospital and I surrounded myself with all these people who were, you know, they had all these visible disabilities and I was seen as one of them. And I'm like, you know what? Okay. We all have disabilities. Mm-hmm. Mine might not be a physical one, but it was a blessing to be with people in wheelchairs, blind people, um, people who had MS. Um, so I care because I've been there. I care because I've seen. This didn't come from, and I've worked with, with people I know. This didn't come from, I want to get into a career where I'm going to be paid a lot of money. This did not happen that way. This happened from me. Somehow the universe wanted me to be in this and it led me to people that opened up this mindset for me to help people. But I didn't come seeking. I didn't come help seek, find this. It found me. This job found me. I didn't find it. It found me. I was in marketing before this. I was a, a sales guy before this. I was selling anything you could imagine. I was found. I was found. And for those of us, because we do have a lot of our listeners, Rob, who unfortunately are in that crossroads of listen, of being... I call it a crossroad because you're, there's that thing you're doing and there thing, there's that thing you should be doing. And they're afraid of what I like to call the leap. I was wondering if you could have a little few words of wisdom on how to get them over that threshold when they're feeling so anxious and so fearful. Is this the right decision? Am I doing the right thing? Why am I wasting my time doing this thing that brings me no solar, no, no solace or joy? Could this be the right path for me? I'm not sure if this is the right path. You get those questions, Rob. You've been there. How do we help I get, These are fear-based questions. These are anxious thoughts. What if, what if, what if? One of my favorite quotes is two birds are on a, a wire and one bird says to the other bird, what if I fall? And the other bird says, oh, my darling, what if you fly? Nice. What if you fly? And um, what I tell to those people who are scared, it's called self-limiting beliefs, actually. I'm not good enough. It's not meant for me. I'm not smart enough. I can't do it. Um, I tell those people, 
you now need to re-change your relationship, reparent, excuse me, your relationship with yourself. Because why is it okay for you to speak to yourself like, I can't do this, I'm not good enough, not the right thing for me. Reparent yourself, re retrain your brain to be your friend, not your saboteur, not your fear-based worrier, but your friend. Become your safe place. So when you become your friend, when you become your safe place, your mindset will shift. And then all of a sudden, instead of saying things like, what if I can't do that? You would say things like, you know what? I don't know if I can do that, but I'm going to at least try. Rather than saying, I don't know if I can do that. Don't even go there. I don't negotiate with bullies. Never have and I never will. We don't understand that we have an internal bully within ourselves. It's an internal struggle. It's called self-doubt, self-hate, self-deprivation. It could come from past wounds. It can come from a past experience. It can come from somebody hurting you. I don't know where it comes from, but it needs to stop. And where does it stop? It stops with you. So now you need to recondition your brain, your mind, yourself to be your friend. If you don't do that, then you will not be where you want to be because your self-limiting beliefs and values will hold you back like it did with me with my elevator phobia Mm -hmm. be free grab those cookies grab those cookies you're worth it enjoy them and if you don't get them it's okay at least you tried wow rob those were some very heartfelt words that resounded across our platform and you know coming from such a sincerely powerful and intimate place. I know that someone who heard this is definitely going to make the right decisions going forward. Hopefully. Uh, We're not here to make the decisions for them, but I know we're trying to give them the best tools possible. Rob, I really want to say thank you uh, for this time. Of course, I want to be very respectful of your time and your generous, generous energy. It's been an amazing exchange. But as always, the final two questions I like to close off with. Obviously, shameless plug time. If uh, our wonderful listeners want to uh, forward their conversation, try to connect with you on the interwebs, uh, is there a particular place we can connect with you? Everywhere. Everywhere can you not connect with me, Olivier? <laughs> I am recently just got on TikTok. Um, I'm on Instagram, The Wise Way Coach. Um, you can connect uh, with me through in my social media platforms, Facebook, Uh, I have a YouTube channel, The Wise Way to Success podcast. Um, I do have two websites. I do own an anxiety and depression clinic at www.riseclinic.ca, R-I-S-E-C-L-I-N-I-C.ca. I I also have my business coaching website, robertwisecoach.com. And, you know, just feel free. Olivier and me share very similar values. And if you have a question, just text me. Write me, call me. There's no pressure. You don't have to book an appointment with me. I'm glad to help. I'm glad to give my insight. Um, I really am on a mission to change and help people's lives. And I am on the journey with all of you because I'm a work in progress like everybody else, one day at a time. I appreciate you for it. I appreciate you for it. The final one is basically an open forum, basically just inviting the guest, uh, you know, because you dropped so many gems, so many nuggets, as they like to call them, you know, but it's what I call basically that that little tip or that whether it's a sonnet a quote a book a song lyric something that i could basically one of our listeners can take as a next step waking up tomorrow and take that next step towards their next level any particular words of wisdom 
goodness, I, I there's so many things I would want to I want would like to tell people. Um, my, one of my favorite quotes is, um, "Be careful the way you speak to yourself. You are listening. So when you oh, say wow. things stupid, I'm dumb, I'm this, you're listening to that. So just be careful, please, about the way you speak to yourself. If you wouldn't speak that way to a child, please don't speak that way to you. It's not okay. My favorite quote of all time is, "Respect is not negotiable." And I do mean that with yourself too. I'm a loser. I'm an idiot. I'm dumb. I'm this. That's not respectful. Please don't talk that way to yourself. Please honor your inner child. I know you asked me to give you a nugget. So just, um, I'm rambling. Please, please, please just be kind to your inner self and yourself and watch what you say. Rob, again, a gentleman and a fountain of amazing, amazing insight. Guys, this has been my neck, my my wonderful guest, Robert Wise, personal and professional certified coach. Please be, be, be on the lookout for the following for the uh, blog post for this episode once it goes live, as I'll be basically, you know, uh, putting up uh, all of Rob's contacts and social media presences, you know, so basically to connect with him. Please, please, guys, Joe, go show some love. Go for subscribe to the YouTube channel for the Wise Way to Success. I did, so should you. So, Rob, again. Thank you so much for this wonderful time. Guys, another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast in the can. As always, stay blessed, stay safe. And as Rob would say, have a wonderful and wise day. Did I, did I do that right? Yeah, amazing. amazing. <laughs> stay safe, my friend. Guys, much love. Talk to you soon. See you next time. This has been another episode of the Awaken the Awesome podcast. We always love to get your feedback. So please do drop us a line via Instagram, Facebook, or email. Our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Do visit our official website at awakentheawesome.ca, where you can find our entire back catalog of episodes and incredible guests. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review, as this helps us tremendously in growing this podcast and spreading the word to more awesome listeners like you. We always appreciate your support, and thank you for listening. Stay awesome.